Coming up, what an excellent day for the Lord's Prayer. Well, howdy folks, and welcome to Minute 106 of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we endeavor to examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist, minute by terrifying minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz. And we'll be your holy guides on this journey through what some have called the scariest movie of all time. Okay, so our minute begins with Father Marin turning and putting down the holy water, having just sprinkled it on both the demon and Karis. And it ends with him saying, Be unto her, O Lord, a fortified tower. Yes, folks, the exorcism has officially begun. Mm -hmm. Let's get back to the top of this minute and go through this scene. Mm -hmm. Okay, Keenan, right at the top, I think this is the thing that has been burned into my brain since I heard it the first time. Hmm. This moaning. This is the scariest thing in the movie for me. This voice and this performance that Mercedes McCambridge is given us. And firstly, okay, I want to mention here that I have heard people say that they can't tell this is a woman. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like in the book, right? Um Vladdy specifically says it sounds like a male voice and Chris yes. is downstairs and being like, oh, I hear a man in my daughter's room. And exactly. It's not right. Yeah. Right. And he even goes as far as to say, like, it is it is very deep with a deep bass. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. And, and this one here is is not that at all. It's it's completely the opposite of, of, of how Vladdy was describing it. Right. Um, but like, I always knew this was a woman and mm -hmm. like maybe I didn't know if it was Linda Blair or not, um, mm -hmm. but I but I knew it was a woman's voice. And, uh. And folks, I'm not like, I'm not bragging. I'm not like, oh, I know the magic trick, right? <laughs> what I'm saying is like that actually made it even worse for me because it's so, it's so not what I was expecting. And, and I'm, I'm talking on all fronts. It is the one voice I did not expect to come out of a little girl. Mm -hmm. And it is the one voice I did not expect to come out of the devil. Of, of all the infinite voices, freaking found the one that no one would expect. It is the opposite of everything. This raspy, older woman's voice is the opposite of a little girl, and it's the opposite of a booming devil. Right. And at that age, you know, 15-year-old Lester watching The Exorcist, the only other voice that sounded like that was my childhood fear, the hag from Snow White. Mm -hmm. That was my first witch, and I saw her for the first time really, really little. Maybe I was like five. Um at a drive-in movie theater. And so she was 50 feet tall and her mm -hmm. voice was booming. And I went back and I listened to her scenes, right? I, I found some on YouTube. And for me, this voice in The Exorcist is the same texture, the same timber, mm -hmm. this rasp that the evil queen has when she's doing the part of the hag. Um, because folks, Lucille Laverne, like that's the actress's name, does both parts. She is the evil queen and the hag. Um, and I did some research, uh, partly for this show and partly for our new show, Keenan, um, Every Disney Villain, um, on, on this actress, on Lucille Laverne. And I found out that at first, Walt wasn't really sold on Lucille's hag voice. Um, he liked the queen voice, but not the hag. And so uh, Lucille asks for a moment. She goes out of the studio, comes back in, does another performance of the hag, and gives everybody chills. Mm. 
And they asked what she had done differently. And apparently she had taken her teeth out. <laughs> and there, again, it reminded me of Mercedes McCambridge's method of getting into character, right? The, the physical restrictions she put on her body. Right. And I didn't know any of this the first time I watched The Exorcist. I didn't know uh, Lucille Laverne's name, but I knew her voice, right? It was in my dreams. Um, and watching The Exorcist for the first time, right, 15-year-old Lester, it was like I had jumped into a time machine and I was transported back to watching her transform from young to old on a 50-foot tall screen and hearing her voice become raspy and broken and, yes, sensual at times when she's like relishing in her own transformation. There's this mm-hmm. this rasp, this this laugh, like she's, like she's in pain but also enjoying it. Or when she's uh, uh, reading about the poisoned apple and there's this hunger she as she imagines what it's going to do to Snow White. Yeah. And so I'm saying this movie, The Exorcist, for, you know, 15-year-old Lester, who thought he had outgrown his fear of the witch from Snow White, thought he was safe, uh, you know, thought he was a big boy now. This, <laughs> this movie gently nudged me and said, hey, hey, you're still scared of that witch. And here she is again. She followed you. She found you again. And right. she's behind you. She's behind you. <laughs> right. Watch out for the queen. Right. <laughs> and watch out for the hag. And the hag. <laughs> They're the same person. Right? Except Keenan. Now, watching The Exorcist, mm-hmm. 15-year-old Lester is older, right? He's gone through some changes, right? He's <laughs> still going through changes, right? Having mm-hmm. thoughts, having feelings about girls. He kind of understands what it's all about, but not quite, right? Mm-hmm. But he's not thinking about that right now. He's watching The Exorcist. He wants to get spooked. <laughs> but then here comes the witch from Snow White, his old childhood fear. But now she's like making noises and mm-hmm. like like – making sounds that he doesn't want to hear her making. <laughs> and I and I knew going into this, right? This was supposed to be the scariest movie of all time, but mm-hmm. I didn't expect for like my head to be messed with in this way. Yeah. And so yeah, folks, for me, this voice, this performance is a I guess you would like call it a trigger. Um it, it really gets me. Like Keenan, what do you think of this like little bit of Mercedes McCambridge's performance right here at the top of our minute this moaning that she's doing? So I just want to be clear, do you do you mean you say sens- sensual, mm. but do you also mean sexual? I mean I guess yeah, are, I have to call yeah. it that, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that is, you know, it it's very honest of you to say that, but I think mm. you're right. Like like I think that's part of what's going on in the exorcist that yeah. that a lot of people leave out of um of their analysis of the movie and what they say the movie is like, it's bothersome on all of these different levels. Right. Um, and yeah, it's, it's cause it's both sensual and sexual mm. and, and um, animalistic, right? And like right. animals don't make love. They mate. Right. right? Mm. <laughs> uh, but, but Reagan is doing all of that at once, right? She's, She's yeah. a lowing like a steer. They mm-hmm. say in the book. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, and like, it would be like like if she was more animalistic, like uh-huh. if she was if she was like growling and snarling, like yeah, that w- that would bother me less, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and she's gonna in this scene like flick her tongue out a lot, right? Uh-huh. And it's like that deleted scene we saw after the um, spider walk. Right. Mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. she she goes down and she's trying to lick Sharon's ankles and just Sharon, not her mother. And we're like trying to make sense of those things. Like, what is that about? Right. right, right. And it is. It, I mean, it is it is sexual. And right. that's what's what's so disturbing that it's, right. it's it's all of those things at once right and again like as opposed to her like you know doing the spider walk down the stairs and trying to bite sharon's ankles right, right? that like, we could deal with okay yeah. oh you're just trying to bite the nanny like, oh, you're just, <laughs> right thank god you're just a little beast okay that's what, yeah right yeah this is something else um mm-hmm. but yeah I, I totally understand your your reticence of not trying to admit that um mm-hmm. that th- there's something weird and sexual and sc- scary in that sexuality yeah it's uh, like, and like I, mm. 
Oh, so that's similar to the the Snow White performance, right? So that queen. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we, we want to go and talk about this on our new show once we start publishing those episodes. But right, like, right. The, the, the evil queen is it is this weird psychosexual story like she's a she's probably attracted to snow white and mm-hmm. she hates her beauty and then she's she's willing to that's what's so this isn't just the disney version but what's right. so interesting about that story at all is that the evil queen is so vain she's willing to destroy her own looks in order to go and kill snow white right, right. yeah and turn into it. and then so she maybe she's not thinking about that she's so uh, you know thinking about just she's crazed and right. then she yeah. drinks this potion and and she starts she then she sees what it is to have her looks go and it mm-hmm. scares her and it, it frightens her like maybe i messed up she and doesn't then she's know like, that like she, she like she's she's she wasn't thinking that like drinking this might hurt like this transformation. Yeah, yeah like it like burns her. Th- she like starts grabbing her own throat. She's like, oh, right. Yeah. And then it seems to like hurt for her hair to change colors, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, as you point out very, very, very smartly, right? Then she's like, oh wait, oh yeah, oh yeah. She's getting mm-hmm. more powerful, and mm-hmm. there is something sexual to that. So like letting it all hang out and like being yourself, right? And yeah. and, and she starts to really feel the power, right? She's more powerful as the um, the evil witch, right? Yeah. It's sex and power and. Um, um, just womanhood all mixed in one, right? right. And it's such a yeah. confusing and yeah, it's confusing and, and scary. Mm-hmm. And like, it's such a, it's such a juxtaposition, right? Because like, mm-hmm. um, I think you had said like before, you know, talking about the role of the queen, you said they, they modeled her after somebody mm-hmm. like, yeah, they, uh, so when they're designing the queen, they spend a lot of time figuring out the queen part of it. I think they understood the witch part. Mm-hmm. Right. So because they, they knew what their references were going to be for that. Right. The Evil Queen part, they model after this live action actor named Gail Sondergaard, who had mm-hmm. won an Oscar and um, uh, the year before as they were making Snow White. And she usually plays like um, imperious, imperious, like tough bad guys, like bad women, mm-hmm. um, like like kind of, you know, almost like a dominatrix, like this powerful, yeah. strong uh, woman. Right. Like looks mm-hmm. down at men. Yeah. And yeah. can like seduce them with the drop of a hat, but not like them at all. Right. right. Very, very like imperious, very imperious. You know. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Looking down at you. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's who they modeled uh, the, the evil queen after. So there is something sexual to mm-hmm. it for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, do you know, R. Crumb, uh, the, uh, he like did the, um, Fritz the cat and, uh, like mm-hmm. keep on trucking was his, like oh. in this documentary called crumb, mm-hmm he does says it's really revealing thing where, where he says like, so when I was a kid, I cut this bugs bunny out of a magazine and I would keep it in my pocket. Mm. And then when, uh, when I was alone and no one was around, I would take it out and just touch the the paper. And mm. that was like my first sexual experience was being sexually attracted to this huh. cutout of, of bugs bunny. And he's like, huh. he says this on camera. It's like, Oh my right, God, right. I can't believe, but you know, that's, that's, that's not, uncommon you know for mm-hmm. people to like like find the their sexuality in all sorts of weird different places yeah. right so yeah it can come from anywhere and uh yeah. the, the difference is that he went into comics and like transferred that into making things right. and right and then yeah. the rest of us just repress our, our sexual psycho uh, mm-hmm. problems and then we get scared at the exorcist yes. <laughs> We're not as healthy, yeah. <laughs> That's why the exorcist scares you, folks. Yeah, yeah. We are the authority. We are the experts. We are we are saying that right now because you haven't you haven't taken care of your problems. Yeah, yes, <laughs> your issues. <laughs> yeah, but there's definitely something there about this mm-hmm. like terrifying mixture of, of, of ideas right right because that's the thing that like so i'm joking about like us not wanting to work on our issues but mm-hmm. but there is something in the human psychology and the human physiology mm. that we don't like to we don't like to even put our head or our minds around which is right. like we want everything to be binary yeah right either things are um are scary or they are fun and it's hard for us to admit like horror is both right right um either we are 
screaming or we are laughing, but those are the, those are so close to ourselves in yes. our physiology. Yeah. Um, we want things to be pleasurable or painful, right? right? But those are so close. It's it's. I don't know if spectrum is the right word because mm-hmm. um, I don't think that there's a middle ground where it's less painful and less pleasurable, right? right and they right. meet in the middle. Like like sometimes those things seem to loop around, right? Mm-hmm. Fear and laughter kind of like they 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 surprise us in the same yes. way, right? Like, and I think we were talking about like um. It was like there was a, a when we were like writing a sketch, we were talking about like an unspoken rule of comedy is like if if something happens far away, like in the background, <laughs> it's way funnier than like if it happens like right in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's something you and you and Ian were working on. Like, right, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like way, way, way in the background. You just see a guy like and he's walking and, you know, his he's, he's holding an ice cream cone and it drops on his shoe <laughs> and he just looks down. That's hilarious if you can't see him properly, <laughs> like if he's so far away that his all his features are blurred. Right. Mm-hmm. But if it happens like, you know, like right in front of the camera it's like ah you know that's a, it could be funny but it's like it could also be sad <laughs> yeah right but then same thing mm-hmm. cuz we discovered it's like it's the same thing with horror mm-hmm. like if you're like like wandering through a hallway and like right next to you you know like out out of a door right next to you uh you know comes a zombie mm-hmm. you're like ah you know it's that um it's that terror right yeah. it's like it's that fight or flight but if you're walking down this hallway and then way 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 down at the other end um there's like a, a perpendicular hallway mm-hmm. and just like you see something walk by <laughs> that's to me that's the horror versus the terror versus right? the terror part if of something it, yeah. is you know is far away or out of sight so so yeah like my point being that like i think yeah like fear and laughter mm-hmm. and you know like being amused by something being afraid of something like they it's it's like they're, they are very, very close. There's a very thin line. Yeah. And again, pain and pleasure, which we don't yes. want to, or, and like, um, so that, that makes me think of two things. So, mm. um, Mel Brooks says that comedy and he defines comedy and drama, right? right? He says that, uh, tragedy is when I get a hangnail mm. and comedy is when you fall down a manhole and die. <laughs> right when it happens to me tiny little things are big yeah. right and there's they're, mm. they're not there's nothing funny about that at all right? right when it happens to somebody else and they're distant and and like we we don't see them as human necessarily right that's funny mm. right when we sort of distance ourselves or make them feel more like cartoon characters or right um, Punch and Judy characters, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Punch and Judy aren't puppets. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> not funny. And then that's the a hard th- watch. To, like, like even when they are puppets, it's like, right? Oh. Yeah, today I guess they don't do a lot of Punch and Judy anymore. No. <laughs> uh, but the other thing is, um, you know, John Waters says like uh-huh. everybody's sex life is funny, but your own, hmm. right? Like, like um, your own sex life, whatever it is, your own predilections, your fetishes, your likes, your dislikes, your kinks, like those are, those are very serious. Right. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. like just to, to see somebody else's is like, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Whatever, whatever X, Y, or Z, whatever you like gross, scary, mm-hmm. creepy, funny, et cetera. Right. Yeah, but for yeah. yourself, it's like, Oh no, that's, that's just the perfect, that's the perfect amount of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost like it becomes like, yeah, for, for other people, like, like you see in comedies all the time, right. People getting caught in the act and one of them is mm-hmm. wearing like a ridiculous costume. Right. 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 Like something like, like, you know, they're, they're dressed as a nurse or mm. or you know the guy's dressed as a uh, like like a clown or something like that yeah. right and then it's like that's their you know that's that's the joke it's like oh you know everybody's got their you know yeah their, just their like a little baby i'm just a little baby <laughs> i'm just a little baby i'm just <laughs> my name is john milton and i wrote the greatest poem ever in english literature and i think this is true for for both the things you are like deeply afraid of and the things you are um like attracted to yep. those are like sacred like yeah. like they are in like a a a cathedral in your brain and mm-hmm. they they like nobody is allowed in right? right and when the the evil queen as the hag like mm-hmm. walks out of my fear cathedral <laughs> 
and starts like tap dancing in my my other cathedral. I'm like, what are you doing? I don't like this. No. Yeah. But she loves it. She is having <laughs> She's so much fucking fun. Die. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is, yeah, yeah. The evil queen, as the Gail Sondergaard, is like mm-hmm. above everything. She doesn't, she doesn't express any emotions, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, the <laughs> the wicked witch or the evil hag is like yeah. having a goddamn blast, <laughs> right? She's you like, you're terrified. <laughs> You get this idea, like, like, because you were talking about before, you were comparing them, like, um, you were, you were saying that the evil queen almost has this, like, like domineering dominatrix yeah. kind of mm-hmm. um, uh, a presentation to her, right. and I almost looked at, it, like, when I was like, oh, like, it, it's almost like you can see it as like even sexless, yep. And then when you switch over to the hag, it's like she has had a life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, she's been. Around. She can give you like, like she can sit Snow White down and be like, all right, let me tell yeah. you about men. Yeah, um, she's she's poisoned a couple apples in her day. Oh yeah, if you know what I'm saying, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> all right, all right. This is, this is the ickiest trap we've ever been. In. Let's get the hell out of here. Oh, I need to tell you my my evil queen story. Though. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right. So when I my girlfriend at the time, our first time that we went mm-hmm. to Disneyland together, uh-huh. um, you know, which is really big deal for like we're going to go to Disneyland, yeah. and I said, hey, you know. Um, uh, can we go on the Snow White ride? And she's like, mm. sure. And I'm like, well, I need to tell you the reason why, because it's it's like a little kids ride, right? Mm-hmm. And not everybody likes to go on the dark the dark rides, right? Right. Because um, they're slow and, and they're for kids. And mm-hmm. um, but I was like, so when I was a kid, I went on the Snow White ride, and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> and I understand that it's not scary intellectually, but I need to go and experience it. It's not scary, yeah. you know, like emotionally. Can we go there? She's like, yeah. sure, of course, of course, we do that. So we wait there forever, and, and then we're going through, like, oh, okay, okay, this is this is like exercising a lot of my my demons. Yeah. And then we get to the Evil Queen. <laughs> <laughs> and she's terrifying and yeah like the voice is all around you right in this tiny little tunnel and then the way they do the transformation scene is that you are going talking about like long tunnels you're going down uh-huh. this, this long tunnel at the far end you see her you know with the raven and and with her spell book and everything yeah and you see her in the mirror and she's the pretty the beautiful evil queen right right and then um and then she you get close enough and she turns around you see like the back of her uh-huh. um and it turns around it's the hag and she's looking right at you of course you go no and so it happens right in front of you <laughs> So, so it's like, oh my god! So you know, all it is is like it's a mannequin that at the back is is like draw, dressed and drawn like um like the evil queen, and then it turns right. around the the same. But like, you swear it looks like okay, it turned in front of you. Right. Um, and then I want to give you some spoilers if you're terrified of this right. ride. Like, so if you sit on the left side of the ride, mm-hmm. the evil queen at, at the hag rather at some point is going to jump out of the darkness with no warning. Oh, <laughs> and so it happens to us, and, and it, you know it comes out and just goes ah, and I go, oh, and then I'm like, oh god. Damn it! <laughs> so it's still scary. Um, okay. Yeah. So it does. It did not work on me to go and exercise my fears wow. from my childhood. Yeah. So so after all these years, she she still has both of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like, I still got it. <laughs> oh jeez. I'm actually I'm really really excited to do that first episode with you, Keenan. Yeah, yeah. That will be the first one. So look out for that once we get around to every Disney villain. Yes. All right. Okay. So yeah, but, but back to the Exorcist, because mm-hmm. that's what we're doing now. This is the Exorcist minute. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Let's just put all our you know Freudian baggage over here, and uh, you know, <laughs> it'll it'll be there when when yeah. we're done. You can pick it back up. You know. I'll be watching it for you. Oh Jesus. Okay. So so yeah. So as this moaning is still going on, we cut to the foot of the bed and Dimmy is kneeling with his book open and his eyes are fixed on Marin. Mm-hmm. And his face has continued to stretch into this expression of fear from the previous minute, right? It feels unconscious. I don't think 
He's aware of it, but he is not looking at Reagan now. He is looking yeah. at Marin. Um, why do you think that is? Like, why do you, why do you think uh, what do you think is going on in his head right now? I, I've said this before on the show, but this does remind me of like when because I'm I'm a bad flyer, and so when mm. I'm on a plane and there's turbulence, I'll go and look at the um, the flight attendants, and if they're ah. not freaking out, then I know okay, it's you shouldn't be freaking out right now. Okay, but so, it doesn't so. always work because sometimes they they freak out <laughs> 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 when they think that no one's looking at them. Yeah. <laughs> So but yeah, I think it's like here's he's my model, like he, he's my rock, right? Mm-hmm. If, if, if he's not afraid, I'm not afraid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's not going to work either. He's going to be afraid no, sometimes. Yeah, it's always going. <laughs> yeah. Can't escape it. Um, yeah, I really, really like that. Um, to me, it also feels like he is seeing Marin for the first time. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and it's weird because like he has been doing that each time Marin says something to him. We cut to Dimmy, and he has this look on his face, like. Like we said a couple of minutes ago, like he looks ashamed, right? He looks awestruck. Or even like the first time he meets him when he arrives, uh, you know, Dimmy steps out into the hall and he says, father, in this way where it feels like Marin is his father. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like he followed his dad to work. <laughs> right. And he's seeing what his dad does every day. And I'm being, you know, silly here, but Karis is a priest and he has been a priest. But today he followed a priest into an exorcism and he is looking at Marin like, this is what he does. This is mm-hmm. what a priest does. Right. right? Yeah. Um, so he kneels and we cut to a close-up of the Roman ritual. Uh, Dimmy has opened it to near the end of the book, but it says chapter two, the <laughs> right for exorcism. Yeah. Is that um, a props mistake or or what is the, is no, the first think, chapter super long? I, um, I, I think, oh no, this might not be the, hmm. It might be broken up into books, you know? Oh. Like, I mean, either, either like, literally, like, this might be volume two. Oh, duh. No, you're right. You're right. Which, you know, which covers not not only exorcism, but, like, I think it was, like, like the rites of burial, right? Right. So that, that might be, like, of first. Of course. The, yeah, yeah, no, of course you're right. So, I mean, like, the Bible is a book, but it's, you know, dozens of books. Right, exactly. Right, yeah, right. yeah. So that could be it, right? Um, now, over this, over this opening of the the exorcism book, we, uh, we hear Marin begin the Lord's Prayer. And this prayer is spoken throughout this minute mm-hmm. um, as as the action plays out. Um, so the first bit, we hear, Our Father who art in heaven. And from here, we cut and we are now over his shoulder, over Marin's shoulder, as Reagan rears up mm-hmm. and spits into his face. It's a very quick cut. I can't tell if it's Eileen Dietz or Linda Blair. Um, I think I saw some behind-the-scenes footage of, of Dietz doing this exact spit take but again we also saw footage of her smacking Ellen Burstyn across the room <laughs> and it ended up being Linda Blair in the final cut so I don't know yeah um, I, I going frame by frame I don't think it is Linda Blair so I, mm. I do believe it's Eileen Dietz and okay. you yeah. say rears up I, that's yeah. I don't know a better way to describe it because she is she's contorting herself because she is um somehow able to with her hands tied mm-hmm. right lift her torso off of the off of the bed when her hands are like held backwards behind her and up yeah, to actually Mm-hmm. Yeah, now that I think about it, that that is an impossible feat. Like, yeah, yeah it's it's crazy. So it, it's a like contortionist job. It's mm-hmm. it's nuts. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah. Like we said, folks, this is this is a super quick cut, maybe half mm-hmm. a second, right? And then we get another quick shot, a close up of Marin's face as the phlegm lands on him, and he barely flinches. Mm-hmm. Basically, just like the impact makes him close his eyes a little bit, and that's it. Um, yeah, if you go frame by frame, his eyes are already closed, which uh, is probably smart by Max von Sydow's yeah, part, yeah. part, but I think it also might be, you know, he might be doing that in character where he doesn't need to 
read the book at all. He just sort of right, goes, yeah. right, yeah. And I mean, like whether whether it's you know it's Billy Freakin pointing a squirt gun at you with pea soup, <laughs> yeah, or it's a possessed girl who looks like she's about to spit at you. Like you're probably gonna like preemptively close your eyes a little bit, you know? Right. Yeah. Which are you more afraid of? <laughs> I'm afraid oh, of Billy Freakin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Captain Howdy is afraid of Billy Freakin. <laughs> but yeah, so like, like we said, like Marin doesn't flinch at all, and I feel like. This is also calling back to when Reagan's vomit landed on Dimmy, like mm-hmm. how he not only flinched, but he reeled back. He exclaimed, right? It was, it was shock. It was revulsion. It was anger. And again, mm-hmm. with Marin, it's like, it's like she spit on a statue. Right. Right. Um, so from here, we cut to Dimmy. And even though he's not the one who got spat on this time, he still has a bigger reaction than Marin. He, <laughs> well, I, I guess he's, he, he knows what that feels like, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so right. he's like, oh, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he grabs the bedpost and he moves toward Marin like he's, like he's going to get up and help him. Mm-hmm. But before he does, we cut back and Marin's got it under control. He takes his glasses off as he says, hallowed be thy name. So that's that's where we are in the prayer. That's like how fast all this stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Um, I don't know how many takes it took for Friedkin to capture the way that that gobbit of spit drips down off his face, right? Mm-hmm. Even knowing it's pea soup, it's, it's very gross. Yeah, because it's got, it's pea soup with chunks of oatmeal in it. Yeah, yeah. Things. yeah, yeah. And it's probably freaking freezing. Yeah, yeah. Because right? <laughs> the whole room is freezing. Yeah. It's not the temperature pea soup should be. No. <laughs> It's not the oatmeal you should put in there. No, no, no. It's not no. the squirt gun you should be. Uh, it's, it's, you should be squirted with. It's yeah. all wrong. It's 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 not the loogie we needed. <laughs> but maybe the loogie we deserved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, we we cut back and Dimmy is settling back into his position at the foot of the bed as Marin says, "On earth as it is in heaven." We cut back again as Marin says, give us this day our daily bread. And Marin is now using a handkerchief to wipe the rest of that spit from his face. These cuts are so quick and so much happens. But the one constant throughout all of these cuts is the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. Marin continues praying even as all this other stuff is going on. He doesn't get angry. He doesn't react. He doesn't even stop. And mm-hmm. maybe that's what Howdy is trying to do, trying to break his concentration, trying to make it so that he has to stop. If Howdy can get Marin to stop, in the middle of the Lord's Prayer, I think he would consider that a win, right? Because that's, that's again, that's a prayer that like any, I'm sure other denominations as well, but especially if you're a Catholic, yeah. you just know, even if you're a lay person, yeah, yeah. right? To stop in the middle is, uh, I don't know, darn near impossible. Right, yeah. Right, so if he can get uh, Marin to do that, then oh, mm-hmm. he's making a little chink in the armor, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm only realizing this now because you keep calling it spit and I'm like, well, it's not spit, it's it's vomit, right? But no, mm-hmm. But so, so that's that's what I think. So we clearly see previously it's it's like vomit, right? That it's he vomit. Yeah. Vomits on Damien, right? And this is clearly spit because this she goes spit. right. She loogies at him, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's the same stuff coming out of her, mm-hmm. either from you know either from her stomach or her lungs, right? Because right? right. those are two completely different parts. If you're not possessed by a demon, those are two different parts of your anatomy. Right? I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's Did all it... coming out the same. It's all that, it's oh. all that disgusting vileness. So inside her is just like ew, like oh, weird, gross. Oh, yeah. The stomach like, stuff ah. is in the lung stuff. The lungs. Stuff is in the stomach stuff. The the witch is in her sex uh, cathedral. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's all wrong. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, and the witch is in there, and she's cleaning up. And you're yeah. like, I don't, that's even more confusing. Don't do that. Yeah. Oh, I'm just gonna organize your magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you being nice? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna cook you up and eat you. <laughs> Maybe I like that. I don't know. <laughs> and that's when she's like, oh, oh, ah. uh, uh, uh. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm going to go back to the, the fear cathedral. Place. Right. <laughs> that's that's how you that's how you get rid of the <laughs> your childhood fears, folks. <laughs> By coming on to that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So like, okay. So we were, we were talking about like um, Howdy trying to get. Uh, uh, Marin to to stop in the middle of uh, the Lord's Prayer, mm-hmm. right? But Marin does not stop. He knows all of this stuff is is fireworks. This is all razzle dazzle. Mm-hmm. This is the game that Howdy is playing, right? Can I get you to undo the straps for me? Can I mention your mother and get a reaction out of you? Can I interrupt your reciting of the Lord's Prayer, right? But like we said in previous minutes, folks, Marin is not playing any of Howdy's games, right? Mm-hmm. He is here to exterminate Howdy, and so the Lord's Prayer continues uninterrupted. Mm-hmm. Now we cut from this close up. Marin is still praying as he wipes off the spit. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. I like how this part is said right after she has spit on him, mm-hmm. right? Um, and now we get uh, more oh, that, pirate. Oh, that yeah. is my favorite part of the Lord's Prayer. Again, oh, as, as, a, yeah. as, as a non, um, someone without faith, right? That's mm-hmm. still the part that I go, yes, that is, that's tough. That's, that's yeah. Jesus for you, right? That, yep. That's so hard. That's the hardest part. Yeah, I think yeah, that's the part that that everybody uh, has trouble with, right? Mm. And we were even talking about right, Marin in the beginning of the movie right. exhibiting that that perfect, almost impossible forgiveness and compassion and love, right? right. Like even to to people, you know, the old Marin wouldn't necessarily even want to like you know be around, be around someone, yeah, 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 and now forgive um, them, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that's my that's my. Uh... That's my free bird. That's the one that, <laughs> that gets mm-hmm. to me as I, as I as I hear the prayer. Like, oh right. yeah, that's the one. Got your lighter in the air. <laughs> yeah, um, and of course, right? Like during this during this uh, you know beautiful part of the prayer, we have mm-hmm. more pyrotechnics as Howdy <laughs> begins to rapidly flick Reagan's tongue in and out of her mouth, very much like a serpent. Mm-hmm. Um, as he lists her head from side to side, and the vapor is coming out of her mouth, um, and it transforms her from like serpent to dragon. Uh huh. Um, and now his moan seems almost like a chant, almost as if he is mocking Marin's prayer. Mm-hmm. Or, Keenan, um, I'm actually wondering, is is this thing Howdy is doing right now, you know, the, the tongue thing and the, 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 you know, is this the prayer actually affecting him? Like, is he going into uh, convulsions? Is he, is he like glitching essentially? And Reagan's body is just like, like going crazy because, you know, how he is maybe losing his hold because like we see in, in the very next shot, like Marin is saying, and lead us not into temptation. Mm-hmm. It almost looks as if Howdy is in the throes of something. It reminds me of when Karis sprinkled the, the fake holy mm-hmm. water, um, how he reacted in a similar way and started doing like the, you know, the backwards speaking. We mm-hmm. had uh, uh, Father David Mowry on for that episode and he mentioned that it could be that even though the holy water was not holy, God could have been like interceding on Demi's behalf and forcing Howdy into this state. Um, do you think that could be what's happening here, right? Mm-hmm. Starting with the tongue and then going into like the next shot. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. That does make sense. I think that that's a really apt way to look at this. Um, mm. For me, I I don't know. For me, it feels like like that wouldn't be enough. Like the Lord's Prayer. I don't know. Maybe that's mm. my own personal biases. Of again, like I was just talking about how beautiful the Lord's Prayer is. Right, right, right. <laughs> but I also, I also, my dominant memory of the Lord's Prayer is everyone saying in church and like having to stand up and like like not not finding beauty and just doing it mm. rote, you know, and, and not mm. even hearing these words that we're saying. So I don't I don't know if on its own. The Lord's Prayer, like the most common prayer in Catholicism, mm. I would imagine, like whether that would start to affect Captain Howdy at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, like maybe that's my the, own personal baggage in there. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I, I think, like within you know, uh, like Catholic belief, it mm-hmm. is, it's like 
it, it's the most common because it's supposed to be like the greatest, right? Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wonder if actually, okay, I wonder if a couple of things are, are happening here. Mm. Um, I wonder if on some level, the prayer is affecting Howdy and you see it and you hear it in the moans and kind of like the, you know, the listing from side to side, the shallow breaths and the, um, you know, like the eyes rolling up, you know, to the whites mm-hmm. and Howdy is, but maybe it's like, you know, maybe it's like just starting to get to him and he's, you know, the, the tongue thing is Howdy and uh-huh. he's like, he's trying to like make a joke out of it. He's trying to like, like he's on the roller coaster and he's putting his hands up. Uh-huh, right. Right. He's like, he's like, oh, okay, we're doing the exorcist. Bah, you know? <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh, isn't this fun? Isn't this great? But like maybe deep down, like it's actually kind of like, you know, he's, he's, he's feeling the, you know, the ups and downs of the roller coaster. Now. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, folks, we get, uh, another shot, another one of these, these painting shots, like maybe, maybe not when you want to hang up anywhere in your house. Um, <laughs> one need to be disturbed if your uh, daughter drew at school and brought over yeah. you. <laughs> it's like, it's like, we got to have some conversations. Um, but no, it's, it's, so this next shot, this is Reagan slash Howdy in all his spooky glory, mm-hmm. a wash in this blue white light, right. the, the cuts on her face standing out red and stark and her eyes are rolled up to the whites. Um, he is gasping for breath. The expression is ambiguous, right? He looks like he is in the throes of something. Um, but yeah. Whether how, yeah. Ecstasy, but whether, it looks like. Right, could be. Um, but yeah, whether Howdy is struggling or relishing mm-hmm. is unclear. Um, Marin continues. He says, lead us not into temptation. And now we cut to Dimmy. And I like that, right? Like, lead us not into temptation. And we go right to Dimmy, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's like, you know, it's like, it's like Dimmy, are you going to, are you going to stay? Are you going to stay on the straight and narrow? Or are you going to, are you going to like be tempted to, you know, fall into your old, you know, way of thinking, your mm-hmm. old doubts, right? Your old bullshit. Your old bullshit, Dimmy. <laughs> We got him. Um, yeah, we. Some of the listeners have said we have been a little bit hard on Dimmy, and I think we have. Yeah. <laughs> we love Dimmy. <laughs> we do. No, he's he is the, the the main character. He is the one we identify with. We so maybe actually, mm-hmm. actually, that might be something, mm-hmm. Keenan. Like we might be hard on him because he is supposed to be us. <laughs> oh, to- oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. That's you why know. we're hard on Dimmy. <laughs> and it's a and it's a little bit of. I mean, okay, all right, bring Freud back in here. Let's go. <laughs> No, he does everything that I everything that I would do in this situation. Absolutely everything yeah. that, that we would do. Yeah, right? put put the mother in the home because you don't want to admit that you picked the wrong um career path, even though mm-hmm. you're telling your boss you picked the wrong career path, but you don't right. want to admit that to your uncle and yeah, yeah send the mother away. Absolutely. That's exactly all, what I would all do. that stuff, yeah. All of it. Um and I think I think that is the the kind of uh juxtaposition between these two priests. Like mm-hmm. I said, I said earlier, it, like Marin is like Marin's attitude, Marin's demeanor, right? His his uh, mixture of strength and gentleness is is like what I strive for. Like Marin is what I want to be. Karis mm-hmm. is who I am. Absolutely, yeah. Marin is the hero, and Karis is the protagonist, which are slightly different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Nixon actually said this, but in in Oliver Stone's movie Nixon, he's uh, constantly sort of like haunted by JFK and like how much people oh. love JFK, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like about Nixon as he's uh, getting, you know, he's about to get impeached, right? And he has uh-huh. to during Watergate. And then he says to someone uh, when they're looking at JFK's pictures, like, like America saw him and they saw who they want to be and they see me and they see who they are. That's why they hate oh. me. <laughs> they hate me so much. There we go. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, folks. I mean, yeah. So I think I. So think wait, that... we could sympathize with Nixon more than Damien. I guess that's part yeah, of our problem. <laughs> yeah, I think that poor is, that is... Nixon, poor mm-hmm. Truey. Oh, but Dimmy, <laughs> get it together, Dimmy. <laughs> when are you gonna? When are you gonna get a real job and stop being a? Stop trying to be an actor. I mean, I mean, <laughs> right? You're spending all your time with Father Dyer doing your podcast. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean no, I mean, I mean, I mean, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like what 30 now yeah 
Yeah. Your life is over. Yeah, we're 40 yeah, in real uh, life. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, did, wait. No, no, no. Demi is 40 in the movie. Is he? Yes, yes. In, in, like, it, well, in, in the book, he definitely is. He's 40. Right? Yes, he is for, He is in his 40s because that's what that's what uh, Chris looks at him and is like, oh, you know, what is it like? Like dark chipped in his 40s, something like a boxer, right? In real life, he would be 32. 1973 minus 1934. Yes. Well, great. You had to, you had to, you had to <laughs> ruin that for me. Oh, that's math for you, baby. Yeah. This is new math. But yeah, okay, okay, back to back to something less terrifying. This <laughs> this shot of Reagan slash Howdy, right, with the, with the eyes rolled up to the whites, right? Yeah, with those white um, contact lenses again. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, apparently Linda Blair said, like, of like all of the various contact lenses she had to wear, those were like the most comfortable. Oh, really? The yeah. white ones. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Compared to the other ones, which you know, yeah, which have all the, the shiny ones. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so from here we cut to Dimmy and. Even though it looks like his expression hasn't changed, it feels different here. I can't explain it. His eyes flick to Reagan when Marin says the word temptation. And I almost want to read that as him resisting the temptation to doubt. Mm-hmm. He, he sees Reagan and he sort of wakes up and he realizes that he is the other exorcist. And he says, but deliver us from the evil one. And again, at evil one, he looks back up at Reagan and listen to how he says that line, folks. There is conviction behind those words. Whatever he believes right now in this moment, he has put that aside and he has joined Marin. He is fighting this fight. Yeah, I like that. So you're saying he's he's been watching the exorcist, mm-hmm. right? He's like, like like tracking him and seeing what he would do as the role model. And then he's like, wait, I'm the exorcist. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. And for as much as we were, you know, joking about like, like giving Demi a hard time, mm-hmm. like, like my, my heart leapt up. I was like, yes, he is. He's, he's doing it now. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not, he's, it's he, with conviction. He is doing like, he, he's putting his heart into it. Like the way he says those lines, it's very, um, uh, it's, it's, it's commanding. Right. Yeah. Um, so we cut again. We are back on the other side of the bed, opposite Marin, uh, with Reagan between us. Marin is praying. He's saying, uh, save me, O God, by thy name, by thy might, defend my cause. Proud men have risen up against me. Here, he raises his eyes from the page and he looks at Reagan slash Howdy, mm-hmm. right? And he says, and men of violence seek my life, mm-hmm. but God is my helper and the Lord sustains my life. So we got more moans from Howdy um, as if each word is hitting him like a blow, which mm-hmm. again, you know, leads me to wonder, like, is that what's happening? Like, like, you know, like what is, what is actually going on in that body right now? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, at the words, God is my helper. Howdy's voice splits into what sounds like two separate voices harmonizing in pain. Uh, Marin does not stop. He does not slow. He says in every need he has delivered me. And that is when he looks back down again, right? So he has been looking straight at Howdy Mm -hmm. until just then. And he looks back down at the book and he says, glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And now we cut. And Dimmy offers up the response without any hesitation. He says, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And there's not even a pause between the end of the prayer and amen, which for people who pray, that is something that 
we sometimes do, um, like as if like amen is part of the last word without mm-hmm. a pause. Um, and in my experience, that has either meant that I was rushed and I, I wasn't really into it, or I was so into it that it just kind of like flowed through me. And I think that is what is happening with Dimmy here right now. In this moment, he is fully on board. Marin is the surgeon and he is handing him the instruments, the scalpel, the forceps, the needle, right? In this moment, they are a machine. I yeah. Think. Th- th- I was thinking about the idea of getting into a flow state, they often call it yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of, of just uh, whatever task you're doing. Um, I guess athletes experience that a lot, but even like people who work in assembly line or people yeah. who um, are data entry, right? <laughs> that's, I guess that's where I feel flow, the flow state mm-hmm. the most is when I'm updating spreadsheets, right? Yeah. yeah, but just like, okay, it's happening and everything feels right and, 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 right. and you're you're not making any typos in your spreadsheet. Every, mm-hmm. every um, step in your run is happening exactly as it should and you are just um, input output. Yeah, you're just a machine. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is like the you know the the performing of a of a song or a dance. It's like everything yeah. is falling into place. Everything has a rhythm, right? There's like you kind of disappear. It's like you're mm-hmm. you're another instrument. You're another voice. You're another um, piece of the rhythm, and you're not like you know. Dimmy's not like you know thinking anything. He's he does, he's not having his own thoughts right now. He's just he's just in it, right? Yeah, I think we. T- or if he is, we don't see it, right? We talked about Elizabeth Gilbert's TED Talk, which I think is so beautiful. She's the writer of um, Eat, Pray, Love. We were talking about that in terms of the genius and how mm. she um, she likes to think about it in the old days where you you were not a genius, you had a genius, and right. it was your job just to sit down and write. Uh, she's a novelist, right? And then mm-hmm. um, you're, it's not your job to worry about whether it's good enough, right? The genius is supposed to come over and take care of that for you, right? Yeah, but the the earlier part of that. Um, that uh, talk is about something like flow state. I don't think she uses that the, that term, but she mm. was talking about the divine when someone is creating something beautiful. And she would say mm. that um, in the south of uh, Spain, when you had somebody who was, uh, um, you know, Muslim, uh, um, you know, whirlers and dancers, and wow. and people would recognize when they got into that state, and mm. they would say Allah, 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 as they recognize mm. the God in their emotions. And then in Spain, mm. um, once it gets translated into Spanish, it becomes Ole. Which becomes what they say, yeah. That they say that, yeah. So Ole, what a wonderful you know, bullfighter move, or what a wonderful um, uh, turn on the tango, right? That's that's a lot in you. That's where that comes from. Wow. Yeah, according to her, I didn't double check her. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, isn't yeah. that great? Yeah, yeah. Just seeing the divine, like that is it. You see it. Mm. You feel it. That's that's right. that is the finger of God. Right. You could say that they are they are being possessed by the Holy Spirit. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Oh man. Oh, that is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So so now. We cut back to over Marin's shoulder, looking at Howdy, as Marin says, save your servant. And off screen, we hear Karis immediately reply, says, who places her trust in thee, my God. And in another time, in another place, part of me would like speak up at this. I'd be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Reagan, you know, didn't get a say in this. Like, why are we, why are we speaking on her behalf, right? Mom's an atheist and we don't know what Reagan is. So how, mm-hmm. how can we say that, right? Mm-hmm. Who places her trust in you? But here, it doesn't bother me. It's actually it's actually very touching. And I think it's because, yeah, she can't speak. Howdy's not letting her speak. She can't she can't even ask for help in a normal way. Mm-hmm. So so they are pleading for her. They are pleading on her behalf. The part that bumps me is not the, you know, she places your trust in me, because I guess yeah, I guess I understand that they're working as her proxy. Mm. But the savior servant part i have the mm. exact same bump you're talking about mm. <laughs> uh and so i was trying to look this up i'm like save your servant how is she god's servant and mm. i know it's totally like the lady i was talking about when i when i would manage the guest service desk at target who like refused to i would say say thank you at the end of the return like but we we they didn't do anything for us <laughs> we did something yeah. for them we, we gave them money i was like just mm. say it <laughs> just say it. what are you talking about like why mm-hmm. are you getting semantics but for some reason yeah save your servant was really getting into me and then i was trying to google around and was like 
what does that mean biblically? Is that a phrase like mm. to be God's servant or to be your servant? And I couldn't find that. Um, mm. So yeah, I'm still having trouble reconciling with that part of it. Like in what way is Reagan's God servant? Um, I, I wonder if it's just kind of like, you know, an all encompassing, like, like human beings are human beings God's, are God's servants, uh-huh. you know, uh, or children, maybe like, well, you I know. get that part of it. Yeah. yeah like yeah. children, but to serve God. I know I mean, I'm could, thinking about this all wrong. I mean, no, these are the, these are the questions that, you know, like, like, uh, people outside of the faith have, and mm-hmm. like, like even, you know, people in the faith, like when, you know, when they're younger, they're like, Hey, wait a minute. Like, yeah. you know, trespassing actually means a very specific thing. Like, <laughs> like, why are we, why are we worried about people coming onto our lawn? You know? <laughs> because we've come onto their lawn. Is that yeah. what we're saying? <laughs> I didn't walk on anybody's lawn. I don't know what, yeah. but no, like, I, I wonder if it is just like a, um, a, is that the word semantics thing? Yeah. Like, I wonder if it is like, you know what it could be? It could be, you know, it evolved from children to servants as like, I don't know, the church got more uh, of a hold on on the original texts, right? you know? Um, or, I mean, it could be just like, you know, it's like a, a, a thousand plus years old cultural thing that we just don't <laughs> have mm. a an analog to that you would, you know, consider yourself God's servant rather than his child. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it just, it just kind of like, you know, it pops up here in this, in this little line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder about that. Cause if I was the demon, I would mm-hmm. raise these semantic questions. <laughs> oh, you would, you would start like just like, right wait, in the What do you mean? Save your servant. <laughs> just it's like, it's just the eyes are rolling up and, it's like, ah, and then servant. And then it's like, actually, it just gets up on her elbow. Right. Like, I don't know if, uh, you know, that's like, you don't know. It's like, like, like her mom's an atheist. I don't know what she thinks. <laughs> right. Or, you know, in the, in the Greek to Latin translation in 1837, this changed. Right. And it wasn't really servant. So a, a more literal translation might be like, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, child. Or, you know. Yeah, ward or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, j- just, just keep doing what you're doing. Exactly. We'll get, sorry, I, 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 I broke the rhythm. I'll, 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 get, I'll, I'll shut up now. Do you want me to lead you back into that? Hold on. Yeah. We can go back further. I was like, uh, just take your cock up your ass. Like, <laughs> no, that's too far. Let's just... <laughs> Just do this. All right, all right. Just, right. just trying to, just trying to, you know, whatever works for you. Yeah, you know, I was, I was, a, I was a, a member of the Groundlings briefly. Was, they taught me always, you know, yes and, right? You know, right, like, exactly. You know, acknowledge the other person's, you know, gift, and you know, right. Yeah. So, uh, so. trying not to drop any eggs here. Yeah. They, uh, they wouldn't let me into level three. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, are we going to get into this on the show now? <laughs> <laughs> no, I never, I never did the groundlings. That's what everybody who says who takes groundling classes. They're like, oh, really? Yeah, they wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. They wouldn't let me in level three. And then at UCB, where I took classes, they they progress everybody. Then that's the complaint. They're like, oh, right. I deserve to be on level four, obviously, but they just let anybody into like, what's what's that person doing? They're like, well, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's two there's two versions of this that we can get into. Yeah, <laughs> right. You can you can uh, 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 peek into the uh, this the seamy underbelly. Of- <laughs> Improv comedy of improv comedy, folks. Because <laughs> they'll let you take and the warring uh, factions. Yeah, they'll let you try again and take level two at the groundlings sure. again. I believe to, to try uh-huh. to get to three, but it costs money. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, give me, give me, give me a location and, and make it a bedroom. <laughs> now I need I an occupation, bedrooms. and it should be a cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> Professional. <laughs> Um, okay, but yeah, so back to this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, servant. I wonder if uh, if our listeners might have something to say about that. Right. 
our listeners who are, who are a little bit more familiar with um, the language of the Bible than mm-hmm. we are. Okay, but we're back at the foot of the bed with, with Dimi, and he has said, who places her trust in thee, my God. And I want everyone to listen to Dimi's voice, everyone, and, and watch his face at that final word, God. And tell me if I am imagining things. There is a tiny exhalation, mm-hmm. and Dimi's whole frame shakes a little bit. And to me, it feels like something has just fallen into place for him, mm-hmm. right? He says, who places her trust in thee, my God. How many times in his life has he said the word God? Mm-hmm. And it felt like just any other word. And now he says it as part of this prayer, as part of this exor- uh, exorcism to help this little girl, and his body reacts. Mm-hmm. Something has stirred, something has awakened after years of troubled sleep. Hope has come back to Chris, and now it is once again in Damien. And the last line of this minute, we are holding on Dimmy as his eyes look to Marin, who says, be unto her, O Lord, a fortified tower. Calling to mind again the, the dual elements of strength and protection uh, that Marin and now Damien represent. Mm-hmm. They are tall, they are our heroes, and they are not going to leave until the job is done. We'll have to rejoin them next week, but for now, that is all of my notes. Keenan, is there anything else? No, but I think we got it. Folks, this has been another excellent Exorcist Minute. I've been Lester Ryan Clark, and you can reach me on all the socials as Lester Ryan Clark. And I've been Keenan Diaz. You can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd at Howdy Keenan. Yeah, we got our listener group, Compelling Conversations. Go check that out and request to join, and we'll let you in here with us. Thank you so much to everyone who has shared the show by word of mouth or on social media. And a big thank you to everyone who has given us a five-star ratings on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to our show. We really appreciate that. It's going to help our little podcast grow and find more cool people like you. Okay, Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Folks, until next time, the power of Lucille Laverne compels you. It's very, it's a little bit like the emperor too. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure he's, he's, he might be doing the hack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that might be exactly what he's doing. Yeah. My, <laughs> it's my like little green friend. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody in the world saw Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah absolutely. And that was, um, that was, that was Ian McDermott, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. So I wonder if we, if we, you know, mm-hmm. like asked him, we was like, hey, he's like, hey, Ian McDermott, like, mm-hmm. Bag from Snow White. Uh, it's like, where, where? Oh, oh God. <laughs> oh, she just gets everybody. God. She's everywhere. <laughs> Listeners, write in. Tell us. If you are if you are not scared mm. by the hag from Snow White, I wanna I wanna know about that. I don't like, yeah, they're, they're lying. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. She either terrifies you or you're mm. a liar. 